welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the best independent magazines and delivers them to thousands of readers around the world every month. This week, I'm speaking to Leah Klopel, editor of Synchron, the magazine she launched earlier this year with her boyfriend and art director, Johannes Fafsink, and which stands out as one of the strangest and most striking magazine launches I've seen for a long time. I don't mind admitting that the first time I read Synchron, there was some stuff I didn't totally understand. So it was fantastic to speak to Leah about the thinking and inspiration that went into the magazine, her explanation of the origins of their weirdly organic typography is one of my all-time favourite examples of geeky magazine design obsession. I'm very pleased to say that we have copies of Synchron available to buy in the stack shop, so if Leah's stories make you want to see this one for yourself, head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and search for it there. And don't forget that if you use the code podcast, you get 10% off all our magazines and subscriptions. But before all of that, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Leah Klopel from Synchron. Hey, Leah, thank you so much for taking time to talk. Yeah, <laughs> nice having me. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> so uh, you are editor and founder of uh, Synchron, um, and I'm really interested in the process of how you came to be making this magazine, because um, I think it's fair to say that we see a lot of really quite unusual magazines at Stack, but Synchron is just nuts. I mean, there's so much, there's so much going on in there. Um, you caught my attention right from the start with this page that sort of seems to be an editor's letter. But yeah, you, the very first page. exactly, the very first page. And the first words are dragons invade Neo Tokyo. And then yeah. you've got these like sort of I don't know, like sort of sketched ideas of like robotic hospital beds and post-volcanic motorcycle gangs. And it's this like breathless sci-fi fantasy thing. But then that actually becomes like a little editor's letter and kind of saying, you know what, we left our contributors completely to their own devices uh, in making this. So so tell me, what like what is going on with this magazine? Well, so... Um, the editor's letter, to be honest, was the last thing I edited uh-huh. to the uh, magazine. Um, maybe I start not with the editor's letter in general, but maybe with the prehistory to the magazine, like mm-hmm. how it came to uh, to become actually a magazine. So it all started out last year, uh, 2020, in March. I think yeah, March was. Uh, First moment we thought about it. Um, so my boyfriend Johannes, who's also um, working with me in this magazine, um, he's studying art, and we know a lot of artists in general, and have a lot of mutual friends who uh, work in this field or are still studying. And I don't know, maybe we just got bored in the first quarantine wave or something. But one morning I just woke up saying, "Hey, why why don't we do?" A little magazine about hmm. art hmm. and we also know a lot of writers so why not put some short stories in it too and like just fiction and art that's 
what we're both interested in a lot and we enjoyed a lot and somehow we got uh, we were a bit like yeah unsatisfied with like instagram and the whole sitting on the phone and just watching everything in this tiny screens and yeah it was a bit exhausting and then we bought a couple magazines just like we usually do and somehow we were I don't know, we just thought maybe <laughs> we could do something different. Like, for example, what, what struck me the most was like, I, I bought a magazine and it had this, this artist on the cover who was dead for like 50 years now and mm -hmm. he's still a huge, huge artist and very important in the scene and I don't want to give any names, but somehow I was annoyed by that. that why, why is he on the cover? He's dead, you know. Um, we want to push artists who are young and who uh, still alive and mm. <laughs> who could need the publicity right now especially when the galleries are closed and stuff like that so mm. yeah this idea popped in our minds and then we just asked around you know we didn't even think about printing costs or publishing houses or all this like serious stuff we didn't think about it we were just like yeah maybe we can just print something small you know like a zine like fanzine like something cute and just right. put together who who we know you know so yeah well because so it, it strikes me that like you know that that impulse could take you to making yeah uh, like a small zine like you know maybe something that is like uh like you know 16 pages and stapled together and like you know quite yeah. cheap to produce but that's not what you've made you you've made actually this really glossy really um ambitious magazine instead so what like what was the kind of path that led you to making this version of Synchron? Yeah, so during April we started um, sending out uh, the message and started a little open call via Instagram and just uh, asking friends if they know friends and friends and friends and if somebody has an idea and if someone wants to contribute, contribute to the magazine and from the first start, we didn't give a topic, you know, that was the main thing. We, we just wanted to see what's, what are people interested right now in, like, what, are, what do they care about, what do they work on, like, artistically speaking. And um, so we sent out around, I think, 75, um, like, questions, or no, not questions, sorry, like, we asked 75 people if they want to contribute. And in the end, as you can see, like 40 said yes, like also with the people who wrote texts and everything. Uh, it's like 40 contributors. And um, yeah, we were just, wow, that's, that's crazy. We didn't expect it, you know. And at first we were like, shit, do, do we even get so many people to work with us? Like they don't know us. We don't even know where this is going. And um, we just got a bit like savings in the back. And yeah, we were like, okay, we got this bit of money, but let's see how far we can get, you know. Mm. And then, yeah, it's, we got a good friend who's into um, uh, graphic design, that's Daniel Bornmann, and he was totally up for it. I mean, um, yeah, without his help, we, we couldn't have done it, of course. I mean, the graphic design and everything's just uh, it's the main, it's the thing you see, right? Mm, so, mm, mm. Yeah, and we were sitting in his studio for hours and weeks, and in, in the end it was months, and uh, just putting it all together and try to keep as 
close to what we thought the artists could like, you know. Um, that's why the pages are so, diff uh, so different also, because um, it's because we know so many people of, of the art magazine, you know, because we know them in person. Um, so we could decide, okay, this person maybe likes a more plain style, or this person maybe likes a more freakish style, or like if you look at um, Sacklot, for example, um, his pages are just nuts, like madness. Like <laughs> <laughs> when I saw it in the end, when, when Daniel made these pages, I was like, oh my God, what is that? I love it. It's, it's mm. just too wild, you know? Mm, mm, so, mm. yeah. This, this 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 is interesting because I'd say often the job of the the editor the art director is to take all of these different um, pieces and bring them together under one uh, sort of unified style so that you can feel like you know the, this is all part of this magazine. Whereas you seem to have gone the other way with it and said, how can we make each piece like graphically visually? really unique and specific to the the contributors yes the only uh what, sorry. the only thing that's connecting all of these pages is the basically just a page number um and of course the graphic design of the um uh how you say titles yes the um, the, the, the typography yeah, the typography of the titles, and that's also something we uh, put a lot of thought in, and what I, as an editor, I thought is really important, that you don't see the names first, mm. but if you look in the table of contents, we gave like an, a capital, or like a, a title to, to every contribution, because um, I, you know, in the process of thinking how we would put it together, I looked at a lot of magazines, and Many of them had the names first, and I couldn't figure out who are these people. Like, especially if it's artists who are not yet very, yeah, very well known, you mm. know. Then it's, it's sometimes hard to you just see names and names and names, and it doesn't really click. And that's why I thought maybe we put a, a title in front where you can like have a connection to it mm. and be like, okay, it's a fan series, so maybe it's something about fans or, or yeah, what is it like? You have a, a more of an idea of what's what's coming to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in the the typography. So that as as you say, that's one of the uh, few mm -hmm. unifying factors that that runs through the magazine. So it's right from the the cover. You've got this amazingly abstracted uh, kind of typography that looks like it's uh, almost kind of organically grown. Like it, it sort of yeah. looks like a uh sometimes it looks like flesh sometimes it looks like sort of metals or something the how, how did you know that this was the right way for you to go <laughs> uh, also this typography has a really funny backstory so um i'm actually the inventor of like the, the no it's not true like i didn't invent the shapes no no one did it was actually nature hmm. so um these letters you see it's uh, the shapes of lakes, which I found on Google Maps. No way. Yeah, that's how we found the letters. Wow. So, okay. So, the, so all, all of the typography in the magazine is actually based on real lakes that exist in the yeah. world. Yeah. Okay. But come on. Like, the, so tell me, like, how, how do you go from looking at Google Earth one day 
thinking that that lake looks a bit like an N. <laughs> well, I think I think that came from my um, ah, yeah, you know, I have I have this like um, dream of visiting all buildings of the Japanese architect Tadao Ando, and by looking at spots where in the world, like where his places are, like where are the buildings that he built. I flew over Japan, you know, on Google Maps, just like looking, okay, there's a nice building, I want to visit this one, and this temple, and this uh, office, or whatever he built. Um, and by doing that, I found these lakes, and one of them looked like a Y. Hmm. And then I was like, wait, and I was in the back of my mind, I was still like, like, how do we do the, the cover page of the magazine, you know, when you're, you're inventing the magazine, and it's always in the back of your, your mind, like, until you find it. And then I found these letters, like, and I, then I found this Y, and I was like, wait, wait, that's amazing, that's a great shape, I will look for more. And then I went <laughs> all over the world, wow. <laughs> just on Google Maps. Yeah, and I sent it to a graphic designer, and he was, yeah, he was so amazed by it. He was like, wow, that's, that's so simple, but so, like, easy to, to invent new new shapes and they all fit together even though they're not like from one mind you know it's mm, I mean, mm. nature sure I, I i love the idea of you in lockdown sitting in your bedroom unable to go anywhere but just flying around the world looking for lakes the, so so okay the, how then does this all tie in with that kind of sense that I mentioned at the start, that kind of like breathless sci-fi fantasy. That So, you know, I, I can see how uh, it's very clear, it's very obvious that in this magazine you want to introduce us to artists that we probably haven't seen before. But then why do that in this kind of sci-fi fantasy tone rather than presenting them in a, a straighter kind of way? Well, so the editor's letter... Um, of course, I read a lot of editors' letters before, and um, I was also worried um, about this because I didn't have a striking idea at first. I was like, what should I tell the people? Like, maybe hmm. we, we don't put an editor's letter, just be like edgy and like, just don't put it, you know? But on the other side, I was like, maybe they, they could be interesting for them to... For, for the readers and uh, people to know how we came to current frictions, like the title of the magazine. And then um, since we actually put it all together in 2020 and we also wanted to print and release it in 2020, it wasn't happening because of the situation we're in and um, some other stress. But um, yeah, so I was still thinking about editor's letters. So how could I put it? And then... Um, it was a coincidence again. Um, I don't know how I got there, but I was thinking about this year, you know, in general, 2020. What, what's going on in this year? There was a lot, like worldwide crisis, a lot of stuff going on, and I was trying to connect it all in my brain to how can we, with the magazine, how can we connect it? And then I went on a, on a page on Wikipedia, which is... Um, says uh, 2020 sci-fi um, imaginations or like how you say it uh, people imagining the year 2020 like from the last hundred years you know 
like ideas about the year 2020, what will happen in this year? Hmm. Because I think no one had expected what happened last year, you know? Um, no one could have foreseen it, but I wanted to know maybe there was a fantasy like that about this year. And um, so I found this list on Wikipedia, which, which is just collecting all, all science fiction and in general, just fictions about the year 2020. Hmm. And that's what the list is in there actually is about, like dragons invade Neo Tokyo, uh, Godzilla fighting Kaiser Ghidorah, and all this stuff that's actually from science fiction and fictional novels, books, video right. games. That's all about the year 2020. Right. Okay. I see. So, so it's like so, kind of like refracting our real. Uh, not apocalypse. Re refracting the real things that we went through last year through science fiction and way that's, ways that people had seen twenty twenty. That then there's also something I think that feeds into the type of material that you've got in the magazine. So I'm quite mm -hmm. struck by the fact that um, you know you say you didn't give people um, any direction in terms of what you wanted, but there's a there's a kind of feeling of maybe like horror and monsters that runs through this issue which i mean is that just because that's the kind of uh art and artists that you're into or is there do you think there's something again that's re reflecting the year that we've been through i would suppose it's a bit of both um it's it's a middle but since these are the people that um, said yes to the contribution. Um, we only said no to two people who had sent in contribution, contributions. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we've asked a lot more, but these are the people who said yes. And um, since we didn't give gave them a topic, I think this is just what they're working with right now or what, what they were eager to express. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm I'm thinking, for example, of the there's the artist who creates those structures that have got kind of like animal teeth and things like sort of worked into them. Or there's a yeah. um, there's an there's an amazing piece on um, plastics and how uh, you know we really need to recycle more plastic, and that's something that we've obviously seen a lot of recently. But the lead image for that piece is like this kind of severed head in like a vacuum shrink packed plastic bag and i was like whoa <laughs> i've never i've never seen the like you know sort of like plastics uh the reduction of plastics presented in this way before yes yes it's quite shocking isn't it this picture we thought about it as a as a cover picture as well for a while um yeah it's it's just amazing what these people send in to us I didn't expect it like at all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this one with the plastic, it's Nico Wu. Um, she's living in Tokyo, as she also explains in the, in the contribution. Um, and of course, this is a Photoshop um, edited image of the person who she shot also on the next pages. Um, yeah. I think it's just something she she she's really she's really struggling with to see, especially in where where she's based right now and where she comes from. And it's 
it's really well put into one picture. Mm-hmm. So, so she, yeah. she, she says in the piece, doesn't she, that she lives in Japan and in Japan everything is wrapped in plastic and she gets really shocked and frustrated by the way that like everything that she buys is wrapped in plastic. So, so then yeah. that, the way that she's representing that, I guess, taps into that feeling of, uh, Again, I keep using the word like apocalypse, but the, you know, kind of it's mm-hmm. the, the, the way that you present things in this magazine has a way of like heightening things and making them feel uh, more extreme than, than they might do if they were seen, you know, on the news or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's an interesting point. I didn't um, quite see it like that yet, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well just just let me let me read these things into the magazine and then you could you you don't have to feel that they're there too that's that's fine and um, i'm interested in picking up on something that you mentioned right back at the start and um yeah. you talk about it in the magazine too about your frustration uh with seeing um artwork represented on these small shiny scrolling screens of of smartphones mm-hmm. what what is it that made you sure that this had to be a a print product rather than something else? Mm, I think it came from the earlier dream or like um, wish of mine to one day have an art gallery. Um, But uh, there's just too much risks. Uh, which I am not yet willing to take, mm. uh, paying the rent and, yeah, it's just a very unstable situation right now in general, mm. especially since tourism and stuff is not happening. And so, yeah, I had this, I had this idea of making an art gallery once, and um, then a friend of mine also did a little zine uh, about cows. It's called the cow zine. Um, it's really cute. It's um, not nowhere online. It's just you know, for friends and stuff. And this was an yeah. It just made me think. Yeah, it's it's actually possible, you know, to to have something in your hands that's a bit more stable. Uh, not stable. That has a bit more um, quality to. Gives a bit more quality to the to the artworks and it's a bit more like easier to access also like instead of going to an art gallery which was just not possible at that time last year and that made us really sad also um, so I think I just connected these two things in my mind okay it's possible to make a magazine or a zine and to print something in general and how can I make an art gallery one day you know mm. just um, curate curate the people um the people's works but but what's stopping you for example from curating a website where you could bring together just the same number of works if not more and they could be seen by way more people because you know you like you print 1500 copies of a magazine but when Mm. something's up on online you know you, you can be seen by a much wider audience yeah, it was just being tired of online presence, you know, um, especially in the last year, we are both still students. Um, we had online courses the whole time, of mm, course, yeah. uh, studying. 
the time I'm studying Japanology and my friend, my boyfriend is studying arts and it's just exhausting, you know, just being on the, on the computer like every day for hours and hours and then also putting together the magazine, of course, was a lot of computer work too. Um, and just being on the phone, I mean, maybe I'm over-exaggerating right now, but I think we're all a bit addicted to the phone, a bit too much. Mm. And um, especially in my generation, I think it's, yeah, I got tired of it. I think that's the main part. And I looked at some online magazines, of course, and I can't carry it around with me, you know. If What if I want to go to the park and sit on a bench and look at artworks? It's I don't want to carry my computer with me, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think just being tired of watching screens and um, it's, it's also nice to just have something in your hands and something you can present someone. I can give it to my grandma and she can look at it. Mm, uh, mm, two mm. days ago she actually said she doesn't understand what people are doing in this magazine but she finds it pleasing to the eye. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I thought of her generation too and she's 87 now. Yeah. So so, so you've, you've made this, uh, this print thing and it's, it's the first time that you've done it. How did it compare to your expectations? The you know where, when the copies came back from the printer, what were your what were your first thoughts? Wow, I was um, <laughs> it was amazing. It was breathtaking, actually. Um, of course, we we saw um, like we saw the the blind magazine before. You know, like just the pages. Mm-hmm unprinted mm-hmm. like how it will look at the size and everything but we didn't see the cover material before like we choose it we chose it in the in the print shop um but of course we didn't see it with our print on it before mm-hmm. so also the binding and everything was quite new to us and how it's how it looks like the the proportions of everything in print afterwards um we just did a couple of Pre prints like um, on on normal like regular paper at home, but of course the colors weren't as uh, striking as they are now in the magazine. And yeah, it was breathtaking. I was really um, I was almost crying. <laughs> well, listen, <laughs> I am not surprised. You you've made a really beautiful, really really striking thing. You you also uh, mentioned uh, that in this one, um, basically, you know. You didn't pay yourselves, you didn't pay contributors, but for the next issues, you want to to be paying people. Uh, are you actually at the point of thinking about a next issue, or is that just more of an ambition, like a, a looser ambition? Um, so far, like uh, it's still unsure if we can print another magazine, but we are very optimistic. Um, we're also planning to involve some... Um, advertisement maybe next time, mm-hmm. um, but only in the last, in the worst case. Um, I really like it that it's independent and that there's no, uh, yeah, just no distraction from the artworks and from the uh, authors. Um, but yeah, we're definitely planning a next issue and we already sent out um, the emails to the people we are interested in. Uh, of course, we contacted contacted them first mostly via Instagram again um, and 
a lot of them said yes and we already sent out an email also saying yeah it's in the planning but um, yeah we are really interested to work with a lot of people for the next issue and it's going to have a topic too and it's quite concrete already I think to be honest yeah go, go on can you can you share the topic yeah it's it will be called liminal bridges um, again quite abstract topic I guess um, it will involve um, artworks in connection to mysticism, religion, occultism, ghosts, spirits, like supernatural stuff mm. in general. Um, yeah, like rituals, witchcraft, uh, death in general. It, it will go more deep down and gory, as someone from your... <laughs> Uh, from Stag Magazine described this one already. Um, yeah, it was funny when we when we got this review when we saw it. Um, it was actually yeah, it fits very well also to the upcoming issue. Yeah. Good, I like it. Well, um, look again. Thank you so much for for speaking to me, uh, and congratulations with this one. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing that next one. Thank you so much. Okay, that's all for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Leah for taking the time to speak with me. I love the idea of liminal bridges and I really want to see what happens when this magazine decides to get spooky. So I really hope they do manage to make that one happen. Again, we have copies of Synchron available to buy in the Stack shop now. So head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop to buy a copy for yourself. And while you're there, please do consider signing up for one of our surprise magazine subscriptions. Uh, every month we pick a different independent magazine and send it out to all of our subscribers around the world. They never know what they're going to get next, but they do know it will be a beautiful, intelligent, independent magazine they probably wouldn't otherwise have come across. And in fact, I just got confirmation from the warehouse this afternoon that our May delivery has now been sent out. So if you're already in our club, uh, watch out for that arriving with you very soon. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to keep on delivering them to you as soon as they're ready. Uh, we put out a new conversation every Friday afternoon. We've got lots more great independent magazines lined up for the coming weeks. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week. <laughs>